0: This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Bloomberg Quick Takes Tim Stenovic from Bloomberg Radio. Well, the current issue of Bloomberg Business Week magazine, it's just on newsstands online and on the Bloomberg. It's all about the year ahead. The comprehensive coverage includes a list of the 50 companies to watch on that list Twilio. Uh, it's a company, it's a stock that was one of the last year's high flyers, up 244% in 2020 amid a time of robust demand for its communication software. Joining us right now to talk about the company and also about his new book is Jeff Lawson, who is chairman, CEO, and co-founder of Twilio. He His new book, Ask Your Developer, How to Harness the Power of Software Developers and Win in the 21st Century. Uh, Jeff joins us on the phone in San Francisco. It's taken a, a, a week <laughs> To finally uh, get you here, and we appreciate your patience because we've had a lot of news breaking that is often preempted stuff. Um, just nice to have you back with us. How are you? And congratulations on the book.
1: Thank you, Carol. It is great to join you today, and uh, doing well as well as uh, you know people do during a pandemic. But um, really excited to get this book out there because I started writing this book about the power of software developers and of innovation and the power that software is playing in so many businesses and so many industries. Started writing this book actually, you know, before COVID and I think the last year has just shown even more so how important digital innovation, digital communications, but um, agility essentially in business is when factors outside of our control are changing constantly.
0: Well, I think that is spot on. Um, and I wanna dig into the book specifically, but I do wanna ask you about this past year. Uh, like some companies, your business, uh, Twilio benefited as we were all working from home and companies needed more than ever before really to communicate with their customers and they needed you know, your infrastructure software. Um, What was the year like for you? How would you sum it up? And when did you all of a sudden see that it was going to turn out to be a strong year for you financially?
1: Well, you know, Twilio's product, we are a platform that enables companies who are building things in software to be able to communicate digitally using digital communication channels like voice, text messaging, chat, video, email, and more. And so, you know, what we have always provided to the world even before COVID was first digital customer engagement, the ability to connect people together using digital technologies. Number two, software agility, because we enable software developers to build communications into all the apps and experiences that we have every day. And third is cloud scale. When somebody builds something on Twilio, it just works everywhere in the world. It works at any scale. You don't have to worry about racking and stacking servers and all this kind of stuff. And that's why many of the best companies in the world have been using Twilio to build these amazing customer experiences, you know, like Uber and Lyft and Shopify and amazing companies that are leading the edge. Which are the
0: companies we know about, right, as consumers, but we don't understand kind of how it all works or how it gets to us. (laughs)
1: Exactly. It's it behind the scenes. And If you think about those three things that I just mentioned, like digital engagement, uh, cloud scale and software agility, well, the world needed those even more in 2020, because as we had to reconfigure our world to get rid of human to human face to face interactions, replace them with digital equivalents, and uh, we needed to re- factor the whole world in real time with these changing conditions while well, the things that Talia brought to our customers but, was incredibly valuable. Were you surprised, so, though,
0: at, at how strong the demand ultimately and how it played out for you guys?
1: You know, not really. Okay. Um, I, I had an early sense, I'll, I'll tell you, that when the, when the pandemic began mm-hmm. um, in you know early to mid-March of last year, we saw a, a really quick influx of customers all realizing that they needed to build. they were saying it's time to build like we've never dealt with a global pandemic before we need to reinvent our customer experience we need to do contactless delivery we need to accelerate our online ordering abilities we need to see patients remotely for for telehealth like there were all these use cases coming to prominence that in a very like in the course of a week so many customers reaching out and saying our roadmap has changed our priorities all just changed and Twilio is going to be a big part of how we're going to respond to the pandemic. And so I think we got a pretty early view into the importance of it. That's why we leaned in. We said, we're here to serve our customers during this time, to make them successful right. through the pandemic and build even tighter customer relationships during this period of time that's going to be so stressful for our customers and for the world.
0: Jeff, I want to talk more about the book. I've just got about 40 seconds, so I do want to ask you, what does 2021 look like for you guys in terms and what kind of visibility? And just quickly, if you could, and then we'll come back and talk more.
1: Well, we see 2020 as having been an acceleration of the trends that have long gone on, of the world moving to digital, of every industry becoming a software industry, and every company having to really uh, up their digital game. And 2020, the pandemic accelerated those plans, oftentimes in companies, by six years, their roadmaps got accelerated. But 2021 is going to be no different. That acceleration is a one-way path and every industry and every company who expects to win in this digital economy is going to have to keep up the pace of invention and agility and using software to serve their customers and so i think we're going to continue to uh, help companies unlock these amazing digital experiences.
0: Forgive me, Jeff, and we love talking with you because you got to go a lot of places with us. But if I'm not a person who's into software, am I going to be like, okay, why do I need to read this book? And it sounds like we all need to read this book in terms of understanding, especially in an increasingly high-tech world. You know, we've certainly seen that over the last year. Why did you write it? Who are you addressing? And what's the message you want to get out here?
1: This book is written actually for people who aren't the developers and aren't the software people. It's written for the wide variety of business executives who know that software in many ways represents the future of their company, because every company is in this Darwinian struggle to build great digital products and experiences to serve their customers in this era, where the interface that we have with our customers is now oftentimes an app on a phone or a website. Therefore, it's the companies that build great software experiences, those are the companies who win the hearts and minds and wallets of their customers. And so, so much has been said about this, you know, the software is eating the world and so many industries have been challenged by the nature of software and how software is changing those industries. But not a lot has been said about how the business people, who aren't software developers, who aren't technologists, how do they partner with the technical talent in their company or the technical talent they want to bring into their company to actually successfully build those great digital products and experiences. Because at the end of the day, the technical people and the business executives are all aligned in what they want. They want to build amazing products and experiences that millions or even billions of customers are going to love that will drive business growth. Yet oftentimes there's this invisible divide between the business executives and the technical talent because they speak different languages. Right. And the interesting thing is that I'm a CEO of a public company. I'm also a software developer. So I've had a foot in both of these worlds. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote the book to try to build that bridge, to talk to business executives and tell them what goes on in the world of software and what their developers are actually doing and how they can work with those developers to unlock innovation and build great software that will differentiate their company in the eyes of their customers, because that is how you win in this digital economy.
0: Well, and I feel like in many ways, it's like after the the financial crisis, um, we looked at CFOs very differently because CFOs had to figure out financially how to get their companies through a really difficult crisis. And it wasn't just, you know, accounting guys, you know, checking out the numbers, they became really key and implement, you know, and, and strategical strategic, to yeah. companies. And I feel like that's what we see now with CTOs and IT departments increasingly, it's not just like, hey, I need a new mouse pad, you know, it's a lot more strategic, um, you know, especially as almost every company has become a tech company.
1: Well, first, I do need a new mousepad.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, I'll get, I'll get right on it. You're absolutely
1: right. <laughs> 20 years ago, you're right. IT was a cost center. It was about you know, laptops for the employees and printers and uh, you know, maybe uh, uh, you know, the financial system that customers never knew about or cared about. But nowadays, when companies, their interface with their customers is a digital one, customers suddenly care about the quality of your software. Are you using software to differentiate? So software has moved from the back office and cost center to the uh, revenue driver of so many companies, and it actually is something that customers care about. Think about your bank. You know, it used to be that your bank was a bricks-and-mortar store that you walked into, and if it was well-decorated, well-lit, the teller was friendly, and they gave your kid a lollipop, you'd say, well, I like my bank. Nowadays, your bank is a software app on your phone, and you like your bank if the app is fast, if it doesn't crash, and if it makes your life easier. And the act of achieving those things is really the act of companies listening to their customers and answering the problems that their customers need solved with all that software. And that's fundamentally an act of building. And that's why so many Silicon Valley companies who oftentimes hire developers as the first thing they do, that's why they end up challenging so many different industries. But Mm -hmm. every company is starting to adopt that methodology if they want to compete and win in this era and that's what this book is really about it's the playbook for how to do that
0: well and your customer lineup whether it's uber whatsapp whether it's lyft whether it's nordstrom whether it's nike i mean you really kind of look into so many different areas of the corporate world based on what you're seeing from some of your customers and where they're spending money what does it tell you maybe about our environment our broader market environment
1: well, I think that it's it's just it's just a truism that in the digital economy, the companies with the best uh, digital experiences are going to win the hearts, minds, and wallets of customers. It's and as it's simple as that, that, right? Every company. Yeah, and I, and I look at, you know, it's not just about the, the startups. And it's not just about certain companies. It's really every company. In the book, I talk about the story about Domino's Pizza, actually, mm-hmm. which has been a huge, like, look at their stock price over the last decade. It's an amazing story of a company that transformed from a pizza company to a technology company and the C- it all started with the ceo patrick doyle about a decade ago realized that he needed to transform Domino's into a technology company lest he be disrupted by all the food delivery services and he started on this path he hired a great leader to lead the organization and then empowered them to go listen to customers and serve them and it's a great example of how a company right. that one doesn't typically think of as a technology company has unlocked this innovation and in doing so, created tremendous shareholder value and the, the return to go. If anyone hasn't seen it, it's just like sleeper success story yeah. uh, of, of the last decade.
0: Yeah, it's really re- it's really remarkable. We've we've talked about their story a lot. Hey, just got about 40 seconds left here, Jeff. Um, as technology in your own company becomes more entrenched in everyone, what's the responsibility of technology? You know, we saw Amazon pull off Parler. Um, Do you agree with that, that they've got to also be responsible in terms of who they work with? And just quickly on that, if you could.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, in a society, you know, the words you use matter, the actions you take matter. I mean, that's what it means to be in a society together. And this is nothing new, right? It used to be that if you walked into a, a, a movie theater and yelled fire or an ice cream shop and started shouting racist epithets, like you'd be kicked out very quickly. This is the digital equivalent of that. That's why technology companies, and really most companies, have terms of service, acceptable use policies. And if customers can't abide by them, then uh, companies have the right to say, we don't want you as a customer. And that's really what you see going on. And it's nothing new. It's just being applied uh, in the digital realm.
0: Hey, listen, good stuff as always. Good luck with the book. Jeff, thank you. Jeff Lawson, chairman, CEO, co-founder of Twilio. Check out his new book, Ask Your Developer How to Harness the Power of Software Developers and Win in the 21st Century.